0: Welcome to Beyond 2020, exploring the emerging vision of life on planet Earth. Hi, I'm Reverend Robert, and I invite you to listen in as I interview the emerging thought leaders of our time. Join in as we take a look at the realities of living a life of purpose and meaning beyond 2020. And hello again, dear ones, this is Reverend Robert with you. This is Beyond 2020, an opportunity to have conversations with the thought leaders and the people doing the work and the action leaders of today and tomorrow as we explore the emerging vision for life on planet Earth. And I tell you, I am super, super excited today because I have one of the most amazing women that I know. On the planet that works in a number of different fields. Why don't I just uh, get right to this and read you her official bio, uh, and then we'll get to get to know Tracy Brown a little bit more personally. Tracy Brown is a nationally recognized expert and author whose clients rely on her advice about leadership development, diversity strategy, and employment engagement. Her company, Intentional Inclusion Incorporated, has provided training to more than four hundred thousand people and she's been recognized twice for innovation in diversity by the Celebrate Diversity Award, the Celebrate Diversity Awards, excuse me, sponsored by Ernst & Young. All right, right on. Tracy is an accomplished speaker and author of 12 books who is known for her ability to engage people in sensitive conversations. Her interactive presentation style is engaging and encourages participants to take personal responsibility for making change in their lives and their organizations. She has produced or hosted six different internet radio programs since 2006 and has been featured in Texas Business Monthly, Dallas CEO, HR Magazine, Money Magazine, and many other publications. In addition to her business experience, Tracy has served as a board of advisor uh, as a board or advisory council member for more than a dozen professional associations or nonprofit organizations. She co-fou- co-founded Dallas Dinner Table healing race relations one dinner at a time, and co-designed the certificate in nonprofit leadership curriculum sponsored by Southern Methodist University and the Center for Nonprofit Management. Tracy has completed serving a three consecutive year term as the chair of the governing body for the Centers of Spiritual Living Worldwide, which is uh, one of the places I'm a member of. And that's one of the ways that I have known Tracy for quite a while. And, uh, you know, everything I shared with you, yes, is official. And what uh, I hope you will learn today, folks, is that there is so much more. Uh, I have personally learned simply by witnessing how Tracy shows up in the world, how she continuously is doing the work to bring forward a message of inclusion and diversity and oneness and really serving this world, uh, this vision of a world that works for everyone. So Tracy Brown, professional practitioner, woman extraordinaire, welcome, (laughs) welcome to Beyond 2020.
1: I am so glad to be here and I am looking forward to being Beyond 2020, so let's Dive in because there's a lot to envision and to plant.
0: Yes, exactly. And you know, I what I know is our listeners always do want to know just a little bit of the history of our guests. So uh, give us the kind of quick recap. that how do how do you get involved in these fields and uh spirituality, the science of mind, and and what brought you to where we are now?
1: Well, let's see. Um, I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm not going to go back to my entire childhood, but I love saying that and remembering that because St. Louis is right there in the middle of the of the uh, mainland, the major landmass that is the United States of America. So, in many ways, I feel that my growing up got a touch of the South, a touch of the North, a little from the East and a little bit from the West. And when I was growing up, I was exposed to um racism and discrimination, being a, a Black family that moved into what had previously been an all-white neighborhood, gone to all different kinds of schools, grew up during the 60s Civil Rights Movement, and all of that really did shape who I am, how important it is to me that people build bridges cross culturally instead of walls, and that the skills I have to develop in order to be effective and authentic at the same time are the skills that now seem to come naturally to me and um, and and I feel a responsibility that help others recognize those skills and learn those skills. The other thing that really um, people should know if they wanna know a little bit about Tracy Brown is that um, she is uh, addicted in a good way to roller skating. So um, it surprises people, I don't know why, But often, I think it's really age-related, and people are surprised that I roller skate twice a week when the rinks are available to do that, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, at least twice a week. So that's a little bit about Tracy Brown
0: right on, beautiful uh we haven't had a chance to skate together i know that and i know that's going to happen someday uh i introduced my kids to roller skating and uh and i remember i can remember there there'd be times i'd take them before they wanted to go alone and uh and i would still go out there and run the race at the end of the night at the end of the session everybody look at me like who is this old character out there gonna run this race with these young kids Uh, I still got some speed in me, that's for sure. So (laughs) glad you're with us, Tracy. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so we're going to dig right in and and go to the heart of what we're here about today, because this program is about looking and casting a vision for the future. Within Centers for Spiritual Living, we have this thing called the Global Vision. Um, We've got a whole other program on the network that discusses all the finer points of that. But but what we're really looking for here is in the work that you do specifically, and you're very focused in the diversity and inclusion, in the work that you do specifically, what do you see as the vision for for humanity, for life on planet Earth? as we move out five years, as we move out 10 years, um, what vision are you holding and casting for the world?
1: I love that question and I love the way you framed it. So for me, because I operate as much as possible with the recognition that humanity and divinity are doing a dance together. I really can Focus so clearly and so consistently on what I believe is a representation that humanity can represent the divine idea that every person is an expression of God, that every person is perfect, that, you know, often people have heard me say that diversity is a divine idea it is god's idea we've been created in the image the spiritual image and likeness of of god we most of us who believe in god the universe you know spirit that there is a single higher power that is created all of life we believe that that cannot make a mistake it's operating from law and love and so that means that the fact that people have been created in ways that they look different right that different skin color different height different shape different cultures living in different places and climates that require different adaptations if that's not a mistake then our job is to demonstrate that it's all good and that there is equality even in difference. And so that so much, you know, whether I'm talking about oneness does not require sameness or unity does not require uniformity, it's for me all about how do we demonstrate that Every person is a is another face of God, and our our opportunity—not even it's responsibility, but it's our opportunity—to see God in everyone, in every type, in every identity group that we come into contact with, and then make our decisions, our actions, our conversations, our relationships, our policies our practices our laws reflect that truth
0: yeah yes 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 i I love what you say there, there if diversity is not a mistake and we we fully believe that there's no mistakes in the mind of god then so it has to be the nature of who we are if it's not a mistake and it can't be a mistake then we have to come to to the place of embracing that
1: But we're the ones, humanity is where the idea that it's a mistake has originated, right? I mean, and for people who follow the Bible, right, there are so many places in the Bible where there are people who are different, who are used as a model for inclusion, in the book of Revelations, when it talks about people from all tribes coming together and being there, um, at, you know, at the throne of God, at the foot of God, being there in celebration. it It is very clear from all tribes, all languages, they're all wearing white robes, meaning representing the peace, the love, the attributes of the divine but they are not the same. They are not all from one tribe, one culture, one identity group. And and so and there's representations in the Quran, there's representations in Hinduism, there's representations in the Baha'i faith, in all the major religions, there are many representations that we have been created differently by design and the human task is to recognize that see that and ensure that the love harmony and unity that is god's spirit that is spirit's way is demonstrated in our life am i going to let my divinity lead, or am i going to follow my humanity in which is judgment and separation
0: And it's much much easier to follow our humanity
1: oh, isn't it? Everything <laughs> society is set up right to affirm and even to instil and definitely to raise up our humanity, and some of our humanity is good, and some of our humanity is not god
0: right, right exactly <laughs> the um, I know that I personally was taught, and and this isn't an accusation of anybody in my life, but I was taught that uh, I was taught whiteness. Yes, I was taught I'm white, and that's different, and that's and that's superior. And a white
1: white is normal.
0: Is the norm. And everything
1: else is different
0: and inferior. Exactly, um, and and it wasn't a oh oh you know. It's not that my family was the KKK or we were brought up in that su- sort of white supremacy. It was that subtleness of different is different, not different is good. Different is still part of the one. Because, and so how do we replace the word different even then? Like, how can we reframe the conversation to not make someone the other? because they don't look like me.
1: Well, how about we reframe the stories we believe about difference because I I think we must notice and value the differences instead of notice and downgrade the difference. And so other what if we learned a different story that other is, that like, different is just different, not better or worse? And what if we learned and, and became attached to the belief that difference is interesting and educational instead of something to judge or fight about or to downgrade. That difference does not equal deficiency. Mm -hmm. Difference instead is something that we want a lot of so that we can experience a greater experience or greater understanding of the world and how it operates. Definitely a greater understanding of spirit and how it has created. Um, but I, yeah, in the Stained Glass Spirit book, which is focused on becoming a spiritual community where oneness does not require sameness, um, I have a piece in there that really is about, you know the problem isn't, it's a quote, the problem isn't diversity, The problem isn't our differences, it's a story we tell about our differences. And that we believe, we have come to believe that certain types of people are better than other types of people. And, you know, you are not, just because you have experienced the world from a framework of of being white or identifying as white, You're not the only one who got the story that white is the norm and everything else is less than, right? People of color got that same story. We watched the same movies. We saw the same advertisements. We went to schools where all the images in the books were, uh, you know, Jack and Jane. And, (laughs) you know, and represented, and it's like uh, none none of the People in the books that I was exposed to in my early years at school had brown skin people in them. And in history, same thing. The story of, you know, the, of white people leading and succeeding was what I saw. My family, my church family, and my biological family, made sure that I had other images, made sure that I learned about Black people who were achievers and inventors and scientists and leaders, made sure that I understood that any group of people who could withstand being taken from their home country of Africa, taken into a new world, put in subservient positions, um, treated less than human, that any group of people that could survive that were amazing. But everybody didn't get that message. Right. Right. So that's what we have to do going forward. We have to see the strength, the power, the beauty in all, in the journeys of all people and move towards Creating a world where everyone is treated with respect.
0: Yeah. Do you hear that, folks? Right? We celebrate the strength, the power, and the beauty in everyone. Because it's going to take everyone to create this vision. To to create this where everyone is fully respected. where, um, Where everyone recognizes that might doesn't make right white doesn't make right what makes god makes the opportunity for each and every one of us to step up and say i shall serve i shall give and as we all recognize the unity of this then our success is assured but i can tell you as long as we stay in this place of division and separation and, and the perception of division and separation then well, we create all kinds of weird, interesting, amazing experiences in the world of form.
1: Well, we sure have a lot of experience creating that kind of craziness (laughs) to the point where I think you, um, you know, this intuition to talk about, you know, beyond 2020 and what's our vision for the future is not just an individual intuition there is a collective consciousness that is growing and growing that is all about what we have created has been created now where do we go from here to make it better because we are broken in so many ways.
0: What can we do to make it better? You know, folks, we're going to answer that question in just a couple of moments because we need to take a quick break and let our sponsors and underwriters say hello and let you know who they are. You're listening to the New Thought Media Network. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. We're here today with Tracy Brown on Beyond 2020. Please give us 60 seconds of your time and let us tell you who we are. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Reverend Robert Brzezinski here with you on Beyond 2020. I'm having a fabulous conversation today with Tracy Brown, and we're talking about diversity and a vision for the future, a vision of a world that works for everyone as we move out uh, in the world of of both diversity and inclusion. And, you know, Tracy, I I would love for, if you would, share with our audience when – when I first personally became aware, more aware, more, I always knew that white supremacy wasn't right, that that we were equal. But as I started to really move into a conscious study, diversity and inclusion, uh, I get how we, how they are the, are they the same side of the coin? Are Are they, we start here, we end here. Help people understand how that is really what I see, and I believe we're in agreement here, the, the most inclusive terminology for this discussion.
1: So yeah, there's several things. Let let me take a breath and choose like two or three of the most important. Um, so let's start with a, the, the simple definition. Diversity simply is the existence of differences. A synonym for diversity is variety. There is no judgment, high, low, better, worse. It just is. There is diversity. There is diversity in plants. There is diversity in trees. There is diversity in cats and dogs and squirrels. There's diversity in our geography. It's just different. But somehow when we start talking about people, we start equating judgments and hierarchy with the term diversity. And that's actually incorrect and inappropriate. Second definition, inclusion. Inclusion is not innate. Diversity is just a state of being. All these ways of being different exist. But you don't automatically have inclusion. Inclusion is the result of the actions we take with the diversity that exists. So you can have inclusion or you can have exclusion. You can have inclusion, you can have apathy. You, But inclusion is an outcome of choosing to um, engage with the diversity in a way that moves us toward our a shared goal or a shared value or a shared mission. Then you can have inclusion, but it requires action. So you, there's diversity, no matter what you do, right? But the action you take can have the outcome of and inclusion. And the third point that comes to mind, just around those two words, is that too many people confuse the word diversity with a specific, with a particularism. So if I say the word, we're gonna if I say we're gonna talk about diversity today, many, many, many people make the assumption, oh, here we go. We're going to talk about racism again. Well, racism is an effect of the fact that there are people of different races. And yeah, there's been some hierarchy and some discrimination and all of that that has resulted in exclusion or injustice instead of inclusion, right? But diversity itself is not racism. And if I'm going to talk about diversity, I'm you for me, I'm usually making sure we talk about many of the ways that we are different from one another. Sexual orientation, gender identity, age or generational differences, religion, our um, our professional experience, our education, right? All of that and many more categories add up together to, to represent or demonstrate our diversity. Yeah. If we're gonna talk about race and racism, that's fine. It's one aspect of the impact of diversity being in our lives. So it's what people like collapse their language. We're really sloppy with our language. and But in reality, diversity is different from inclusion. Racism or sexism or homophobia are all results of our choices and behaviors related to the diversity that exists in Canada.
0: Yes, I, thank you, thank you. Do that, fab, share that fabulously, because that lays it out, right? Diversity is, racism or inclusion are our choices from there, or two of the primary choices, right? There's all, manner of levels of all that and, and nuances of all of that. But it comes down, it's that simple, folks, we embrace and recognize that there's no other way to be a human than to be diverse. I believe Life wouldn't be, you know, how much fun would it really be if we were all the same? If everyone was absolutely one hundred percent heterosexual, or everyone was absolutely one hundred percent black or white or or Asian, you know, of skin color, whatever you would. Uh, I love how you put it, right. Whatever distinction we want to put on it, I think life would be pretty boring if we were all the same.
1: Well, I don't know, I think most people would think, "Oh, it would be so easy because everybody understands me and thinks like me, but I agree with you. I personally think it would be boring and for me, because well, you know for me i'm I'm always going back to connect my humanity and my divinity, and so, if everybody were exactly the same, then I would be denying." spirit of its creative power and right and i would be denying myself the opportunity to see all the different ways understand and more infinite ways than i could even imagine that spirit can create life and in this case humanity yeah. that life form called humanity. So when we're looking beyond 2020, if we want to move beyond the negative impacts of racism, if we want to move beyond the discomfort that we feel when we meet people who speak another language or have an accent that we don't understand, we want to move beyond the fear, the little fear or, our um, Anxiety that comes up when we go to different neighborhoods and different parts of town. If we want to move beyond disparities, poverty, homelessness, all, you know, all of these things that humanity has created, then we have an opportunity to step up and make a new choice. That's what we teach in new thought philosophy, right? The consciousness of yesterday creates who we are now. Yes. And at any moment, we can make a different choice and plant a different seed in order for ourselves or future generations to experience something different.
0: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Folks, I take it you see why I wanted to have this wonderful, amazing being on the, on the show with us uh, because the wisdom just flows and, and it just continues to flow and flow. And that's what I love. Um, and you, uh, you're so very right from my perspective. Right? You're so what you share is in alignment from my perspective, 100 percent with New Thought, with the science of my philosophy. It is an outpicturing, and as you share, it's the outpicturing of a consciousness that you've built and developed over time to be able to articulate this so well, to be able to, to be the vessel that shares this message at this time. Uh, now, I know you're doing a lot of good work in the world, and you're doing a lot of good work online as well, which kind of is in the world. at the, you know. uh, <laughs> But I wanted to talk a little bit at least about uh, the, what is mine to do. And the work you're doing there with your Facebook group, because a big part of the vision is yes, having the vision being in the process of allowing the revelation of that vision, but that vision is only as good as the inspired action it leads us to take. And I've watched you over time with different projects, different, you know, your book projects, different broadcast projects and recording projects. And then all of a sudden, I don't even remember where it was, but it was like, here comes this Facebook group. Mine to do, what is mine to do? Mine to do, And it's got your name on it. And my, my mind just lit up. I was like, bing, 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 bing. There it is, there it is. Here is, here is a path that I know this woman is destined to leave. And the groups become pretty popular, pretty big from what yeah. I see. Tell us a little more. At
1: the time of us talking, the group is about 7,200 people who every day ask themselves and others the question, what is mine to do to interrupt or end race-based hatred and violence? And so... So much of the work that I do in the world and with myself is about inclusion and it's about diversity and all of its distinctions, all of the categories. But the What Is Mine To Do Facebook group focuses specifically on uh, uh, understanding, interrupting and ending racism and giving people the, the, uh, the information they need and the inspiration they need to take action. So I think you're right. It's, um, it's one thing to say I'm against racism and racism is bad. It's something else to say, here's what I can do or say with the people I come into contact with wherever I happen to be and wherever I go. Because everybody doesn't need to be a politician. Everyone doesn't need to be an activist in terms of being in the front lines of a protest. The way we actually change things is in how we treat each other and in what the, the average person allows or, or demands. So, right, we've had laws on the books for decades. We've had laws on the books for centuries, but that didn't make racism go away. It might make it go underground because it's not so accepted. And that's peer pressure in individual people. But even with the law, if, if there's a group in your community or if there are people you work with or there are people you go to church with who are disrespectful or who disregard or who downplay or denounce the, the humanity of other people, what are you going to say? How are you going to stop that conversation? what are you going to contribute to the conversation that will open up a new possibility? It's what is mine to do is all about individual action that creates a new
0: tipping point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I did notice, and, and I've paid attention to this. You've left, left this group public and that means anybody can see it, it means pretty much anybody can join uh, now and i know there are um as any good group on facebook these days right there are parameters guidelines suggestions um my experience on facebook is not everybody follows all of those all the time and uh, so i'm i'm wondering what it's what's the experience been um has it been all positive? Um, has everybody been contributive? Um, and how does the community handle it? If a disruptor or someone wants to show up and start screaming and yelling something. antithetical to to uh, to inclusion, let's say.
1: I love that um, because, of course, it's not 100. There's not 100% compliance. But, you know, I frequently. I'm am amazed at how few members of the group I've had to <laughs> remove, and I am amazed, you know, with over seven thousand people in the group. Uh, you know how few posts even I have to remove, um, and I and many people comment like when we have new people join, and I may do a post that says, you know, and those of you who've been in the group for a while share. How the group has helped you. And many people comment about one of the reasons they stay in the group is because there's respectful um, communication that people give you food for thought. And there's not a whole lot of name calling or just debate for debate's sake. Um And that I think has just developed over time by modeling. Uh, we have removed people. We have challenged people publicly and often they will remove themselves. That just happened last month. Um, and the rules in the group encourage, like the number one rule is stay on topic. And even though there's intersectionality and even though we, most of us have a real interest in other dimensions of diversity, if the post is not relatable to either learning more about how race affects the subject or just being educated about people of color um, or an action item, then it, it it gets removed. But I honestly, in the last month, I probably have not removed had to remove maybe 20 posts and we average two um 100 we average 400 or 500 posts every few days mm-hmm. like it's not unusual at the end of the month to have um over 5000 posts and comments right. like you know the, the responses to the posts and You know, if I'm having to remove 15 or 20 out of 5,000 comments, that's like nothing. Right. Yeah, so that the biggest challenge was leading up to um, the 2020 presidential election because there's so much integration between uh national politics and the display of the manifestation of racism and so it was really hard people just wanted to bash candidates or promote candidates but they weren't making a connection to the impact on race or with covid-19 the same thing there are stories that are related to race but disparate a uh, number of cases of people who have died or who are being, who were diagnosed, who were people of color. That's a story for what is mine to do. A story about should you vaccinate or not, and are you anti-vax or for vaccinations, without any connection to race, is not a post for what is mine to do. Right.
0: That off topic. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a group out there for that one, right?
1: <laughs> right. We all are members of more than one group. So, what is my to do? State's focus, and that's what people appreciate.
0: Yeah. And I, I will say, I don't post there often, but I do lurk there quite often, <laughs> um, and I really do pay attention to the conversations. And I also have found um, some great and interesting article pieces that and perspectives. It, there, there's been a piece that's come back to me recently that has been uh, has been a stalwart in my personal ministry for a, a lot of years now, uh, and that is the quote by Thich Nhat Hanh that the next Buddha may not take the form of a human or a person, but may take the form of a community and a community that's practicing compassion and loving kindness and mindful living. And and what i've taken that for is that this isn't just one community this doesn't speak to just the center for spiritual living where i happen to serve and worship it doesn't mean just the center where you happen to be it doesn't mean just your group it is the community and i believe it's a community of consciousness that is being built that is moving us in that direction um now we continuously talk about yes, it's consciousness first, and then the inspired action happens. What would you say? What is? Uh, what are the easy? What are the beginner steps? What? What? Are, well, let me do it this way. What are the beginner steps? And the intermediate steps, and the expert steps
1: <laughs> in two minutes or less. Yeah, sure.
0: Well, you uh, can have two minutes on each. How about that?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. I I think you're right. Consciousness then inspires action. And the I well I I actually talk about this a lot using four four focus points. One is awareness, two is alignment, three is action, four is accountability. And I think that for all of us we start with awareness. What is our awareness now? how do we increase our awareness of what might need to change? And that's learning and that's individual and that's exploring. And that it can be done, you know, especially in the 21st century, we have access to more information than any generation before us because of the internet. And so there's a lot that you can learn that you didn't learn before just by asking some different questions and being willing to suspend some of what you think you know. So we always wanna start with awareness and most people make the mistake of believing, well, now that I'm aware, I know what to do and try to move from awareness to action. But sometimes that works, but for true long-term impact, we really have to move from awareness or integrate alignment. And what I mean by that is we have to know what is mine to do? Like, why am I concerned about this? Where can I make an impact? And so if I am a school teacher, then maybe I'm gonna align this desire to be more inclusive and in in the students, that I'm gonna make sure students who come to my classroom virtually or in person are all receiving validation. I'm gonna be curious about their backgrounds and who they are and what's important to them and not treat them like a cookie cutter. And I'm gonna check my own assumptions. So I need to, I wanna be the best teacher I can be and the best educator I can be. And so that's why it's important to me. If I am a minister, right, I want to write. So whatever I, I do, How does it match what I do? And if it's just my family, okay, why is it that I want to learn more about this? Now I can determine a set of actions that will allow me to have impact because if I have impact, I'm also going to build a stronger foundation and be encouraged to keep going. I cannot count the number of people who tell me, yeah, I think this is important, but I, you know, I got tired of arguing with people and I never had an answer to their debates. And I, you know, and so I just stay quiet and do my prayer work. Well, that's because you were trying to convince people who are out of your wheelhouse. Right. right? And you were trying to debate and argue with them instead of knowing that your actions have to come from the inside out just like with every other aspect of your life. And then accountability, how do I build accountability and responsibility and not just, (laughs) I'm laughing because when I say the word accountability and then I ask people, how could you be accountable? And they immediately go to catching themselves or other people doing something wrong and fixing it. And I almost always will say, well, What about creating some accountability by describing some progress points that you wanna watch for? Wow, I've had five conversations in the last month with people who are different from me just to learn about them. And when I do that, I'm holding myself accountable. I'm checking it off and yay, let's celebrate. Accountability is also about the rewards we put into place catching ourselves and others doing something right. Yeah. And I think that's part of what also makes the what is mine to do group work because people feel like they can share what they did and they and they're cheerleaders. And that's holding them accountable to do even more. All
0: right. Beautiful. Awareness, alignment, action and accountability.
1: Yes, it's the Tracy Brown Include. Um, it's the Achieving Inclusion model that I've been using for years and years, and it works with all aspects of um, inclusion, and it works organizationally as well as Individual, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And as you were sharing, and I'm listening, what I'm What's flashing in my mind is an experience I've been witnessing online and it's directly related to the cult, cancel culture because uh, a musician gets accused, there's no evidence, there's no charges and all these quote woke folk immediately wanted to jump to action and, and publicly cru- crucified this artist. Now, it's a much more involved case. It's not a cut and dry black or white. He's a rock star. He did some things that people don't agree with. He did some things that hurt some people, but he also isn't. My point is that we jump, it's very easy. This seems to be the theme of our interview. It's just so easy to take the easy way out and jump immediately to, oh, I'm gonna rush in there and fix this. I'm gonna save somebody. I'm gonna take action. And if there's no alignment, the action is is counterproductive often.
1: Yeah, you know, I've worked with a lot of organizations, a lot of uh, corporations and professional associations, and and literally for the last 20 years, I have the clients I've worked with, when they're talking about their policies and they want to say, we have a zero tolerance policy for, whatever, discriminatory behavior for racial slurs. We have a uh, zero tolerance policy. Some of them do it anyway, but my advice to them is that that is language that they don't want to use because every case is an individual case. And until you investigate it, you don't really know what's going on. That's number one. And as soon as you say you have a zero tolerance policy and individuals like it's they're going to beat on their chest. Well, I just won't tolerate that in my presence. And boom, you're just out of my life or you're just out of this organization. You're canceled. Anything you've done before now doesn't matter. You're canceled. It's not about being nice or weak when I say, uh, you know, be careful about saying zero tolerance. It is about, one, being respectful and getting the facts. And, two, it is about how who, how arrogant is it to assume that you know what's best, right, every time. Right. And number three for me, which is the biggest thing, when, uh, let's use a different example, university professor, you know, has an opinion, makes some statements, posts in social media, some things that are racially insensitive and are racial slurs. If it's a zero tolerance culture and you cancel this person, you no longer can work here, then you've lost your opportunity to change the behavior because you kicked them out for somebody else to hire them and when, if they were your employee or they were a member of your church or a member of your organization, you have some ability to say, in this organization, this is not acceptable, and either require them to go through coaching or training or, you know, be reviewed every year for the next three years to show improvement. As soon as you cancel them, they're out there. And for a celebrity, like an entertainer, a musician, uh, an artist, um, it just gives them more celebrity. I mean, it's been very rare that someone, athlete, entertainer, musician, it's been very rare that then it ruined their career. right?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Tracy, this has been absolutely fantastic and fabulous and enlightening and wonderful. Uh, I want to take one more moment to let the folks at home know uh, who we are and what we're doing. So give us just one minute, folks, and we'll be right back with more Beyond 2020 and this week's special guest, Tracy Brown. All righty, so we're back. This is Beyond 2020. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. You're listening to the New Thought Media Network. And my guest today is Tracy Brown. Now we've been having a fabulous conversation around diversity and inclusion and uh, how we escape the, the trap of cancel culture. Uh, Tracy, I know you've got a ton going on in the world, and uh, and I do know our time is limited here today, so um, I just want to kind of catch a couple more minutes. What's on the horizon? What's in the future? What's the vision for where Tracy Brown's going in 2021 and, uh, and such? So
1: my tagline on my signature and my email says, committed to inclusion now more than ever. And everything that I am doing is whether it's on the spiritual or human side because they're intertwined, it is all about inclusion. so um podcasts and virtual summits and webinars, and maybe in the next nine months, the next book, uh, all of that and um, and then every day, obviously people can can find me over at the What Is Mine To Do Facebook group. Um, it's easy to find, right? Facebook and query what is mine to do. That's what's on the that's what's on the horizon. And that is exactly where um I hope all of us will go that we'll really be inclusive in the places we work the places we worship and everywhere that we find ourselves
0: yeah thank you thank you that's i like that being everywhere we find ourselves no matter where you go there you are so you might as well be the best you you can be uh Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, this has been wonderful, and folks, we'll make sure to leave links in the notes to this show. So if you didn't catch any of the links we talked about, I'll leave links to Tracy's primary website, the Facebook group, and other information on her as well, so you can follow up there. Check that show out on uh, and the and the if this will be in the archives of uh, the New Thought. Media Network page on Facebook as well, so you can check for it there. All right, Tracy, we've got uh, 30 seconds. Any final thought before we wrap this up for the day?
1: Every day is a donation to eternity, even an hour is a contribution to the future. That's an ancient Egyptian or African philosophy. And I just want to say, um, Reverend Robert, what you are doing is definitely a donation to eternity and i'm grateful for
0: that thank you thank you i i I hadn't thought of it that way but i i really i get a warm (laughs) feeling when i hear you say that so thank you all right folks that's all we've got time for this week thanks for listening please do check out past episodes with great interviews by new thought leaders of today and tomorrow this has been beyond 2020 exploring the emerging paradigm of life on planet earth until next time peace and blessings Thank you for listening to Beyond 2020, exploring the emerging vision of life on planet Earth. We are a production of the New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring media, music, and entertainment across the web. Join us at ntmedia.org. That's ntmedia.org. Until next time, peace and blessings.